Hey, 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 Brandon Beliso here. It is Friday, October 14th, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, right here on the West Coast. This is Success Never Sleeps. I am Brandon Beliso, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. As you come aboard, put in your name, tell me where you're tuning in from, the name of your school or business. I am grateful to give you a shout out. Bob Poole, as always, dependable, reliable, trustworthy. Bob is always here, and I am so grateful that Bob chooses to hang out with us. So again, as you come aboard, share this with as many people as you can. Let us know that you're here, and I would appreciate that greatly. As always, I want to thank my sponsors, starting off with Market Muscles, uh, simply the finest in website, my studio, you know, the best CRM system out there, progressing, changing, evolving, bettering. Kids love life skills. I've said that passionately. You know, business, uh, we should always position ourselves as a investment for our families. And if they view you as an investment, then I believe we put on ourselves in a very unique position to where as we negotiate this recession, because we are in a recession, I have said that for months, I think it's a reality. And we're going to begin to feel that you might have small pockets here and there, people that aren't feeling that, you know, we're in San Francisco. And so, you know, people here tend to have a little more money. And so, but when I work with clients all over the world, they're feeling it everywhere from Germany to England to, to Colorado, across the board. People are feeling the recession. And I believe me as a parent, I will cut everything out of my own life first before I will ever cut my kids' activities. Because for me as a parent, I'm a failure. If my kid can't have his karate, he can't have his basketball, he can't have his soccer, we don't get to go to Disneyland. I am a failure. And that's just me. So I believe psychologically that parents will do everything they can to keep them something as valuable as your martial arts school if you position yourself as an investment. You know, somebody posted that, and we've done variations of the theme. But I believe it's something we're going to campaign for. We're going to put out our website. We're going to expand upon it is getting before and after pictures. Before, when they're a brand new white belt, after when they're a black belt. I think those are two very, you know, pictures that such a stark contrast. And it really shows people that long-term investment. Can I phantom it as a brand new white belt? No. But should it be part of my social media and cultural education to the masses? Should I post it at Google? Yes. You know, should, should I do those different things? Should I might have a section in my school where I feature somebody like that every month? Possibly, possibly. But I really believe that it's important that we do that. Cool. We got Respect Martial Arts. What's up, Conrad? Succeed Martial Arts. What's up, Mr. Don O'Neill? Lafayette, Indiana. SoCal over there also with Respect Martial Arts. Hey, if you're aboard and you're hanging out, please put in your name. Tell me where you're tuning in from because I would love that about you. So, you know, as we come into this final quarter, I posted it last night. Um, we're at 9.49 between two locations, and I'm extremely grateful for that. I know a lot of people would be more than happy to be in that position, but we're not back to that 1,000, 1,000 student level that we were at before the pandemic. So we're working towards that. And as you saw, I posted what we're doing in this final quarter. And as I look at it now, you know, if I can see it, I can be it. We are ramping it up. We are ramping it up hard because I learned at the Business Summit recently at my studio where I had the privilege of not only speaking but learning is that 30% of our marketing new leads trials come from digital media, right? And the other 70%, 70% 
come from in-house and community events. So yes, we will go back to parents' night out. Yes, we've added birthday parties, right? But we're doing it much differently. The parents' night out in San Francisco is lined with a silent auction at one of the local elementary schools. They're going to have, I don't know, crab feed or something of that nature. The kids will come to our school and we will watch these kids for free and feed them pizza and juice and dodgeball and life skills and merit badges, breaking boards, the whole nine yards. That is our contribution to the school. And we're gonna have what? You know, 30 new kids that have never been in, in, through our doors. That's a good day. And we're donating a week of camp to that silent auction. That's a good day. You know, we just gave out a bag of candy, 60 pieces of candy, and they're the M&M fun sizes for an event at a pre-K kinder school, uh, private school south of here. And what we do is, is we take this great card. Uh, I want you to see it. And that's why I asked that question the other day. Do you use Canva? I recommend you use Canva. Canva is cool. Canva is powerful. It's something we should all be using. So I made this up in Canva, and it's kind of fun. It says, Halloween, right? Instead of Halloween, we're saying hello, introducing ourselves, right? It would be really ghoul to meet you in person. So we invite you to try a class, right? Not free class, just try a class. And that is a shot of me and a bunch of kids. But what I did different that I saw from all the, all the other marketing pieces, they take a kid in a karate uniform and slap them on a Halloween background. Okay, that's okay. But I think this is more in line with the theme. You see that? We're all wearing masks in front of a Halloween background. That makes more sense to me. The other one felt strictly like a marketing piece, and I think it missed the boat just a little bit. And it was one person. I want to show that we're, you know, we're a tribe or a community. So we put a group of kids together, and I put masks on each one of them. That, that took a lot of time, but look at that. Isn't that cool? I put masks on every one of them. And then, of course, on the backside, social proof, there's a Google review with the little Google stars, Google icon, a couple of the awards we've won, as well as a scan me. So go ahead and scan that and see where it takes you. Anybody? Anybody scan it? Take your phone out. If you're watching this on the desktop, scan it and see where it goes. Got it? Got it? What's up, Ricardo? Danny, sir. What's happening? Oh, Monique, karate for girls, resilient, James, okay? And anybody, my wisdom clients, you're all entitled to this, right? Any of my clients, you are entitled to this. All you've got to do is change what? The logo on the bottom, put in your logo, change this picture, right? Get one of your people. It's not hard to do. And then adapt the back. You can do that in Canva, right? And then I sent it out to Vistaprints. Vistaprints is so inexpensive, and they're doing a thousand for like 60 bucks. I did do one for San Francisco, one for Melbourne, two separate audiences. Nonetheless, the fact that you are empowered to do stuff like this is really what I'm discussing here. Because I think as small business owners, we're held captive. And I know because I talked to many of you, you know, whether it is a, not, not my sponsors, I'm going to stay away from that. You know, whether it's a consultant or a digital marketing company or a website company or CRM software or this or that or this or that, you often approach me and I can feel that you feel like you're held prisoner, right? You're frustrated. You're overwhelmed. You're handcuffed. You're a victim. I understand all of that. So what is the solution? 
I may not be able to change you, but I can change me. I can change my mindset. I can change my skill set. So as a small business owner, I highly recommend you empower yourself with that education. Because we are here, we are in a recession, every indication. I think the Feds raised the interest rates again because I saw the stock market drop. I haven't looked, but I'm pretty sure the Feds hiked the rates again. And now they're going, oh, well, you know, now I think we're in a recession. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And we're going to be here for a while. And Christopher Pirelli of Dojo Muscle posted that. And, and Chris is a cool soul. And he talked about it because I've been through a couple of recessions with my businesses. He has too. The first thing you do is you assess things. You got to look at your expenses. What can you cut? I don't care if it's something like a subscription. You know, I got a ton of books I need to read, paper books. So I'm going to cancel my subscription, right? A lot of books to read. I'm going to cancel my subscription with Audible because I haven't listened to books in a while. Right, may not seem like a big deal. Uh, I've been with Podmatch for a while, and you know I kind of like it, and I don't. That's thirty nine bucks a month. But the point being, I believe no matter what financial position you're in, you should be assessing everything right now, cutting expenses wherever you can, because it's prudent. It's a disciplined practice, and I think that's really, really smart. Right, Warren Buffett, when the market's good. His wife gives him enough coins in his cup in his car to get a McDonald's breakfast. Man, that guy. But when the market's bad, she gives him enough change to get a sausage McMuffin. That boy's been eating sausage McMuffins for months now because the market's been so bad. But see, what I'm sharing with you, what I'm sharing with you, it's it's a mindset. Oh, thank you. Hoopla. I'll take a look at that. Free audiobooks from the library. Thank you. I appreciate you, sir or ma'am. I don't know who that is because it doesn't show me here. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Write that down. Write that down, everybody. Hoopla. Okay. So the, the point I'm trying to share with that is a disciplined practice. If I make a million dollars and I spend $2 million, I'm a million dollars in debt. If I make $100 and I spend 50, I have $50 in the bank. So that's where I'm going with that. That type of disciplined practice is something that I'm so, 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 so passionate about. Cool. But I must recognize the Kaizen theory of constant improvement. I must constantly invest in myself, constantly, constantly, constantly. I was talking to Miss Monique yesterday from Karate for, Kid, for Girls. And, you know, somebody had pointed out to Jason Smith at the summit, you know what I noticed about Brandon Beliso? He's here bright and early every morning. He sits and listens to every speaker, right? Even though I'm speaking, I sat there and listen to every speaker because I can always learn and I want to better myself. I want to better my business. So I sat there every day, all day, listening to every speaker in hopes of learning something new, of something that resonates with me. And that's a constant. That's a constant. That's a forever. So what do we got coming up, Marco? It's Time Live Balance. That's next April 15th to 18th. I want you to make that investment. And what I'm doing to kind of offset the recession is, yes, you will pay me for those four days, but your team needs to come out here. So if you book your four days now, I'll put this in there, Marco, and you book it in the next 72 hours. There we go, Marco. Put it in there. 72 hours. Your team members can come out here for the two-day experience for $99. I've never done that. And I really want to spend those four days, I really believe we're going to be in the deep of the recession. You're all going to need a breath. You know, going to need to take a breath. You're all going to want to just, you know, it's going to be rough. That first quarter of the year with tax time and everything, I think we're all going to feel it. 
right? This war in Ukraine's not letting up. Inflation's not letting up. Interest rates are up. I believe we're going to need that time in reflection, that time to rejuvenate, regroup, and refocus. And I want you here. 20 people, four days here with me. The two days, you and your team. Bring your team out here. All they have to pay is $99. I've never done that, you guys. But for the next 72 hours, I'm going to let Chris know. For the next 72 hours, put the link in there for balance. If you can, Marco, thank you. And get signed up. Every team member that comes out, it will be only $99. And why do I say that? You know, I find that. Oh, Roland's checking in. Roland's saying hi. Roland Osborne of Hyper. What's up, Roland? Uncle Roland? Papa Roland? I got to have Roland on the show. I really do. Roland's a good soul. I love him like a brother. Um, that if your team spends the two days out here, they're going to witness what you guys have experienced. And, and you know, last year I was going to move it to a venue and Marco adamantly said, hey, man, no way. It's something amazing about being in the school, seeing it firsthand, witnessing the culture, immersing myself in that. And it's so good for your team to see this high level. I mean, high level, right? Is that? I thought that was rolling calling. To see you at this high level, right? You watch my team deliver. We are seamless. We are seamless in our delivery and execution. And it's something I believe everybody should experience. I can stand on a stage and throw slides at you and woo, right? But to sit there in the nuts and bolts in real time, witnessing us teaching a class, witnessing what goes on, that's powerful. And to have that moment with your team together is what the difference for Jason Smith and Ashton, right? It was a huge difference. And when Marco came out with his wife, right? Well, everybody that comes out here with their team, Andre Mavis has been here six, seven times with his teams. It's powerful. So I'm going to drive it to you now. 72 hours, book yourself. Every team member you want to bring, $99. Cool? All right. Let's get into it. Leadership training. And I want you to put your questions in there, okay? Put your questions in there. What is today's leadership in today's brave new world? Now, I'm, I want to preface that because I've been very blessed. Recently, I did Meta, formerly Facebook. I spoke to their global marketing team on leadership post-pandemic. Now, Meta says they're 80,000 strong. And they're a startup. They are a startup. They're boldly going where no one's ever gone before. Nobody's ever immersed themselves in the metaverse like this, right? And I don't want to get into the metaverse itself, but with change, which is the key to success, there comes the upheaval, the uncertainty, the fear, the doubt, right? Complacency is shaken loose. And so with that said, I looked at their marketing team and I said, well, I believe number one, the one thing I can fall back on, and that may not be the best choice of words, the one thing I can embrace passionately are the relationships you have cultivated with your teams over the year, right? Over the years. So if you think about it, the average teammate that you have in your business has been with you how long? 10 years. For us, it's 10 years. So I really dug deep in the pandemic and I focused on that part as a leader, 
I really doubled down on those relationships. We made sure everybody was on full salary. Made sure, we made sure last October, everybody got back pay and raises. We made sure to give them that sense of security in the job. Whereas now you're looking at this recession, hiring freezes, people are getting laid off. I don't care what the numbers say, just look around you. Every tech company is a hiring freeze. Every tech company is, is, is laying people off. Every tech company is going, no bonuses this year. Look around you. So I said to them, the one thing you can count on that people can consistently trust are the relationships they have in your company. So write that down. I believe number one to being an effective leader is recognizing the power of the relationships that you've invested in. And the longer the relationship in your company, the better, the better, because it's like an anchor in the storm. That ship knows with all confidence because it's dropped that anchor how many times in unsteady waters, how many times. So confidently that ship knows as it forges ahead into that storm that when needed, when it gets too crazy, I would drop this Frankie and anchor. So ask yourself in your given relationships that you currently have in your business based upon your culture and your why, put it in the comments. What are one or two or three things that you know in those relationships will help root and anchor your team? Put it in there. Put it in for me. Go. Think about it. What are one to three things you know would calm your team in this storm of this recession, would make your team feel confident to forge forward with you, will find strength, so will find strength in, 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 in these values of the relationships. Hey, what's up, Roy? From Miami. What's up, Roy? From Miami. My good buddy, Roy Maltez. Put it in. Put it in. Come on. I want to know. I know number one for us is that my team trusts that I got their back. I've given them data over 22 years at one location, eight years at the other, through two instructors dying, two key people dying, through four or five, well, a lot more than that, major people leaving, through the mortgage crisis, through 9-11, through you know, several different wars. Every time I have led this team to the promised land, for the lack of the better word, to, to the promised land. So they have data. So the one thing they know confidently with data, Brandon Beliso has always led us through any difficulty that has been presented to us. And that vote of confidence as a leader is powerful. I do not flip-flop. I sometimes make them crazy because they have no idea where I'm going. So sometimes it is a blind faith, a blind faith. And that's really powerful because more now than ever, for those of us who feel spiritual, that sense of patience and waiting for, you know, the storm to end, to see the light of day is blind faith. It simply is because there's so much happening in this world, which is beyond our control. Correct? There simply is. Let's see. Uh, Ricardo, I think one think of value for my team would be investing in their own education. Okay, good. Such as like it's time education. 
can never be taken away. Sure. Okay, Ricardo, that's it. And because your team will understand that change is the key to success. And if we're constantly educating ourselves, I as a leader, educating myself, you know what stuff, every time I go to an event, I bring it back to my team and share, you know, and I educate them. My ability at 60 years old to sit there and kick butt in Canva, you know, when they look at me, you're a boomer, you don't know technology, all of that. So yeah, I agree with you, Ricardo. I believe the Kaizen theory of constant improvement of educating myself. Sure. I believe in that 150%. That is a great value. Conrad, lead by your vulnerability to let them know you're going to work through the struggle. Yeah, I think that's important. You know, I think what Conrad's really saying, that vulnerability is transparency. That's authenticity. And to be vulnerable, you, you know, I'm not afraid as a leader to say, I have no idea where we're going. But I, I can share with you data. No matter where I've led you, I've always gotten you there successfully, right? And then you paint this picture because that's what vision work is about. And as the architect of your business, as the leader of your business, you are always painting pictures of what will be if we do one, two, three. Yeah, absolutely, Conrad. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I feel you, sir. I feel you. Dojo Stacks. Hey, Dojo Stacks. I've never seen that name. I love it. I love it. And so, you know, I'm mindful of that. So keep putting in there. Put your comments in there. I want to see what your view is. Another one for me is I'm a hands-on leader. Honestly, I wasn't for the better part of really five, six years. Not like I am now. Because I was busy helping raise babies and, you know, my kids were growing up and they're older now. They're 14 and 11, but I still manage my schedule very well. And I think that's, that's the unwritten understanding my team has that my son is basketball on Saturday and my daughter is soccer. So that's where I'll be, you know, and, and they're so good about that. I, I mean, TJ, I, I love that young man. Well, he's 30 now, but I love Teach because that you can count on. He's very considerate of my work-life balance. And when this pandemic went down, the first thing I did was come back to work. And I led by example. I led the virtual path. I know I did in our industry. I know I did. I led it in my own school. And that, that, that sense of leadership to have enough courage to fumble and stumble through what is virtual and how do we make that all work was powerful. I was powerful. And that type of trust that you earn from your team, you can only earn by being consistent in your delivery, your execution, in your availability, doing what you say. So consistency is another one. Long story short. Be extremely consistent. Okay? Extremely consistent. So do what you say you're going to do. Give them lots of data. Right? But be very consistent. Very consistent. Yeah. Being resilient, disciplined, uh, prayerful. Yeah, I love that. And dedicated despite anything that may come to pass. It's true. You know, it's super, super true. And it's not scary. I, I, I really hold it with a deep sense of honor. I share that story all the time. It was like April of 2020 as this thing was coming at us full force. And, you know, the uncertainty. I looked at my wife one night and I said, hey, babe. You're not worried about any of this? And she looked at me with a total sense of confidence. She goes, no, you got this. And that vote of confidence let me know that I'm on the right path. 
And so, yes, I agree with you. A very disciplined practice, right? Cut your expenses right now. Assess what you got. Know what resources are out there because there ain't going to be no PPP and no any of that. So the next wave of businesses are going to fall. They are going to fall hard because there'll be nothing to draw upon. But is there a line of credit? Is there an SBA loan you can tap into at a low interest rate? What is out there and available to you? Where can you cut? You know, we just now recently found a really great after-school person that we're training. But up until this point, the past two months, myself, TJ, Sifu Bender, even my wife, we've all been in rotation showing up this after-school program. And the thing TJ made the comment the other day, he says, yeah, but the good news is you've saved money on payroll. Absolutely. And if I'm doing the work, whose pocket does that money go into? Me. So it's been that badness because we're still not at that number, right? We're stuck at 949. We're not at 1,000. So we're not generating that revenue we were generating pre-pandemic. Yet our payroll's gone up. But we've negotiated other things pretty, pretty strategically, right? We got deferred rent in San Francisco. We renegotiated that lease. We got the rent reduced by about 20% for another 10 years. So we've done a lot of really smart things, but we're constantly mining data mining data. I make my sister Letitia nuts, right? There was that whole thing about California's giving these kind of recovery checks, but I didn't qualify her because I make too much money, but I sent it to her anyways. Letitia, what about this? What about this? She laughs sometimes. She goes, did you look into the details? <laughs> You're in the 1%. You, you don't even qualify for that stuff. Okay. Okay. But the point is that mindset of cutting expenses, saving money, looking at my resources, what's available, what's out there, and as a leader, I have to look, what if we lose 10% of our business? What if we lose 20? What if we lose 30? How does that all happen? Because great companies and great leadership understand you got to know when to contract as a business and you got to know when to expand. Okay? That's the big thing. You'll see it all the time. Starbucks opens, I don't know how many locations a year. Look it up, Marco. 600 to 900. But how many locations does Starbucks close a year? Right? How many do they close a year? Take a look at that. See if you can find me that information, Marco. I think another big thing in leadership that I've, I've really exemplified, and when we talk about leadership training, what I'm discussing with you are leadership habits. Write that down. Leadership habits. And if you don't have a new habit, if you're mindful and you implement it and you practice it, they say, what, 21 days or 30 days, however that goes, and you consistently do that, you can develop a new habit habit. You can turn over a new leaf. You can become a new person. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. You have that luxury, right? So it instills a really neat sense of faith. One of the things that became a huge, huge um, campaign for me through this pandemic, and it continues today, and I'm already a really grateful soul, was gratitude. Write down gratitude to be thankful. Is your cup half full or is your cup half empty? Technically, scientifically, if I put a half a cup in front like this, it's both. It's half full of liquid. It's half empty. So it really becomes my mindset. And if I'm a grateful soul, my cup runneth over. Or even more so, I know I can go to this well, this unlimited resource, and I can constantly fill up my pitcher to fill that cup. Take it a step further. So one of the big things that organically came out of this, and for me, it's become a brand absolute. I appreciate you. Write that down. I appreciate you. For a while it was, yeah, you know, people would say, how are you doing? How are you doing? We are grateful. Let's see. 
Okay, Starbucks opened nearly 1,200 new locations. Wow. Wow. 1,200 new locations in 2021. And they only closed 16 in 2021? Wow, I thought they closed a lot more than that. I I thought I read somewhere they closed hundreds every year. Look at it worldwide, Marco. Worldwide. How, how many do they open? How many do they close? But the story, long story short, they do close. They do close locations. If it's underperforming, they cut the losses, they move on. They, they simply do. So gratitude's a big one. I appreciate you. That is a more direct sense of gratitude. I say it all the time in my classes. When a student is performing well, I say, wow, look at little Jimmy, you know, throwing that kick and keying really loud. Jimmy, I appreciate you. Okay, so they closed 400 worldwide. There you go. That's why I got that number. So Starbucks closes 400 stores worldwide. Wow, right? So think about that. Great businesses know when to contract. Great businesses know when to expand. So be mindful of that. Cool? So I changed it to I appreciate you. Anytime we're in the school and someone does something, you know, especially when it's unnoticed, it's easy to tell somebody to do something and they do it. But when they take their own incentive and they're fulfilling your brand promise to people in your school and your business and to each other as a team, then I find myself saying so much more. I appreciate you. And I'm sure many people here on, on the show will vouch for that. How many times have I said to you, I appreciate you? Put it in the comments with I appreciate you. So gratitude's a big one. It really, really is. Because as you negotiate this recession, if we want to train our team better, if we example, if we exemplify gratitude, that goes a long, long way. Another one I shared with the meta team, which I think is, is really, really cool that I want you to write down as well, empathy, empathy, write that down, is to understand and respect other people's opinions and the way they think, right? That's super important because if I'm empathetic towards my team, then I'm going to support them. We had this happen yesterday. My sister got her car towed. I don't know why, but then I saw it come across the wire from Letitia and Letitia never asked me this if this was okay. And I'm not calling her out because I'm telling you it's a good thing. Letitia said, we've loaned, you know, I zelled Michelle money because her car got towed, right? And then we're going to work out a payment plan. I'm cool with that because that's being empathetic. We understand if Michelle doesn't have this car and it's being sitting in the towing lot, it's going to run up expenses every day and cost her more and more and more money and dig a deeper, deeper hole. If we can get in there right away and help her do that, how much more will that endear her? to our company. Maybe that's one of the reasons why she's worked for us for close to 15 years, right? Because we are empathetic. I understand how inconvenient that is. I understand what it's like being a single woman moving around an urban environment like San Francisco. She needs a car. We understand that. You see where I'm going with that? And you can't put a price tag on that. You simply cannot. So when you guys tell me it's all about business, right? It's all about business and it's not personal. I, I really have a hard time with that, especially in our industry. When we make moves, you know, that are strictly business and we're, and the relationship takes back seat, I'm very challenged by that. So think about that. If you find yourself doing that, I believe that's also a big part of being a leader 
and training yourself is stop using the excuse that it's all about business because it isn't. Somebody posted that yesterday. I saw it at LinkedIn. They said, I would never call my team my family. My team is my team. They're not my family. And I really thought about that. I said, okay, right? You, you keep that special part for your, for your family. You want to separate the two. This is my team at work and this is my family. I'm, I'm going to challenge that for our culture. Our team is an extended family. Everybody I work with in wisdom and it's time mentoring, you become part of my family. Do you not? Think about that. Everybody that's ever worked with me to some capacity in some shape, way, or form, you're a family to me. And I believe if I can promote that, then simply, well, you're part of my team. Well, like any professional team, I can trade you to that team and that team. And, you know, it's like a chess game. Pieces are interchangeable. I believe for our culture, the culture of one, one, we are one, that that element of family is very important. And for us, it ripples outward. It ripples outward. So we no longer use the team. We no longer use the word member, right? To our students, we call them friends and family, whatever your comfort level is. But we say friends and family all the time. We want to welcome a new friend into our school, right? We want to welcome to the One Martial Arts family. That's cool. That's cool. I think culturally it makes sense. Let's see what Steph wants to share. For me, my team is my family because other than Luke, I do not have family on this continent. Well, you can be my sister, Steph. <laughs> but I love that. See, yeah, and I, I see Steph's post and her, it is, her team is her family, right? Because she is from Germany. It's Germany, correct, Steph? I, I, I don't want to be wrong in that. And it's important, you guys, right? And I think if we instill that, one of the reasons I believe through this pandemic, you know, we would do Zoom town halls with our families and we'd sit there huddled together at Zoom, you know, in this foreign environment, anchoring ourselves together. And we found value in the families that we had cultivated, without a doubt, without a doubt. And to see kids come back to us two years later after this pandemic, I'm just simply tickled pink. I'm overwhelmed because I really believe my team is my family. And we are all one family in this world. I do believe that. And if we can cultivate that, maybe there will be one less war. There'll be one less hate out there. There'll be one less, you know what I mean? And I know that sounds, you know, kumbaya, but it's not. It's not, at least not for our culture. So creating a culture as a leader that you exemplify and manifest and cultivate on every front, social media, emails, e-newsletter, at your website, in all facets, because that builds trust. Gratitude, empathy, the next one is trust. Okay, write that down for leadership training. And hopefully you take this, right? And you work it into your staff training and you look at your own personal habits and you look at your own lifestyle and you say, well, okay, gratitude is a good one for our culture. It fits our culture. It fits my personal values. In my every thought, word, and action, do I exemplify gratitude? And if you don't, course correction. I love course correction. It works for me all day. Oh, here we go. My name is Destiny from Alaska. Yay. Hey, Destiny. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Destiny from Alaska. How cool is that? I don't think we've ever had anybody from Alaska. 
But now we have Alaska in the house. You know, we've had Germany, England, Canada, all over the States, Australia. Now I can officially say that the, that the, the, the tribe has grown into Alaska. Can we say that? Is that okay, Destiny? We, we got to invite Destiny to the disruptor group, okay? Cool. Little side note. You know, I, I, I posted something at the disruptors, which logo you like better, the red kind of heavy metal one and the very clear type of the white disruptor. Everybody that posted a comment, I'm sending you a t-shirt for Christmas. Yep. Yep. The majority liked the, the black one with the white font, the typewriter font. So we were getting a bunch of those printed. I'm sending them over to Letitia in South Carolina and she will get them sent out to everybody for Christmas. So those of you who took the time to post which one you liked and help me on that. Are we there, Marco? Okay. So the next one is trust. Trust, man. You know, once we lose somebody's trust, it's so hard to get it back. It is so, so hard. And that's why the core value of integrity to always do the right thing has to be there no matter how uncomfortable and funky the conversation is. I can't say one thing and do something else. It's going to violate trust. And I witness that in the world in general, right? But I witness it a lot in the martial arts industry. You say one thing and then behind, you know, people's back, you say something else. I will not do that. Have I done it? Yes. I say that from my own personal shortcomings and my own faults. I have said one thing to someone's face and said something else behind their back. I don't do that today. I took ownership of that because that was one point in my life. You know, I just wanted everybody to like me and I didn't want to disappoint anybody. And the big thing I recognize in leadership, you will disappoint people. But at no, at no expense should you lose their trust. Write that down. Right? So what do we got? Gratitude, empathy, trust, 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 trust. And that's part of our culture higher. If you're supposed to start work at 12 o'clock and you're not here, then I don't trust that you're reliable. If I walk in and that school's dirty and I've trained you on that system and I've shared with you the videos and we've done all that and I've trust and track, you shadowed me and I let you loose, right? And you consistently don't clean the school. I don't trust you. So that's what I'm, I'm, I'm really sharing. I'm really sharing integrity. Yeah, to always do the right thing. It's so hard because we as human beings are flawed. But it's no excuse. We have to keep doing better. We have to keep doing better. So trust. Okay, we got that. This is big for me. Accountability. Write it down accountability. I'm the master. You're the lowly student. I can do no wrong. That, that thinking that perpetuates in our industry needs to stop because several things happen here. One, you put yourself on this pedestal that's so freaking high and lofty that when you fall, you fall so far. I want to be down on the battlefield with my troops. 
I'm not going to sit up on the freaking hill and direct traffic because I'm so valuable because I'm the general, I'm the visionary. No, I want to be right in the freaking trenches with you. That's it. And someone said that the other day, Jed Jones of Amherst Karate Studio, he said, one of the reasons I chose to work with you in wisdom because you're in the trenches like me. I know you get me, right? And that's my choice. And that's a powerful choice. Somebody criticized me and said, you know, I posted a video about how I, I love to sweep my school. It's very healing for me. It reminds me of my grandma when she had restaurants. And as a young boy, I would sweep her restaurants because that that's all I was old enough to do. And the comment was, what kind of millionaire sweeps his own school? And I looked like, what a stupid comment. How ignorant and ego-based is that? And that was me, right? I, I said that to them. You know, and, and, and I think what's really important when it comes to accountability, there's nothing above me and there's nothing below me. One of my greatest examples of leadership, I come into the school, I go use the bathroom, right? Every time I am in the bathroom, I clean it. I wipe it down. Then I'll happily hit the headset and say, hey, team right? I took care of the bathroom. Can somebody get the other one? If we're wrapping up a day, right? This happened Monday, not too long ago in SF. I was there because I had some privates and we're still cleaning up from the remodel and classes ended and they started cleaning up. Did I just walk out the door and go home? No, I grabbed a mop and I mopped the floor and I could tell. They look at me and they go, wow, that's leadership by example right? I'm accountable to my team. And accountability doesn't mean just be the visionary and dictate and direct traffic. Accountability means I understand you because I do the work you do. Oh, you got to stop being the technician. You need to be the architect. I understand that. I'm a huge e-myth guy. I understand that. But like I said to TJ, because we've had six months till we found the right person for after school. I said, we're not in control. We were advertising at Indeed, Facebook, ZipRecruiter, Craigslist, everywhere. We're advertising this job. We are not finding the right person. Okay, so what do we do? We can do the work ourselves. That we are in control of. So that's where accountability is super important. And when I work with different leaders of their schools, here's the big challenge. When an owner of a business plays victim, none of us wanted the pandemic. None of us were in control of that pandemic or the circumstances that it offered us. But we were in control of going virtual, of teaching in parking lots, of going into driveways and giving people their belt and certificates. We were in control of that. So that's what I'm accountable for. So really accountability for me as a leader is what can I do versus what can't I do? You feel me? Anybody with me on that? Put it in the comments. So when I talk about that accountability, and I, that's what I said to TJ before we hired someone, I said, teach, you know, what we can do is what we're doing. We're in there. 
We're running the after school. You're doing the pickup. I'm setting it up. I'm there to greet the kids. I run it for a couple hours until I teach whatever we need to do because we are in control of that. It has nothing to do with how many zeros are in my bank account. It has to do with great leadership. And I used that example a couple weeks ago, you guys. I was in Costco starting to stock up on candy for Halloween. And it was about eight in the morning on a Monday. And I ran into a friend of mine, you know, who owns, his family owns L&L Hawaiian Drive-In. Okay, I know you may have heard of it on the West Coast. They're all over Hawaii. His family owns them. And he's here on the West Coast. And I think he owns three of them with him and his wife. And, you know, they also oversee and I think they manage a couple regions. This guy who is a multi-multi-millionaire, no doubt in my mind. He lives south here in a, in a community called Hillsboro. And those are homes are anywhere from five to eight million, easy on a good day. And here, remember, this is California. So property is high. We're not talking Florida. An $8 million home in Florida is probably a $2 million home here. Okay, so be with me on this. This guy is in freaking Costco at 8.30 a.m., buying supplies for his store. And we looked at each other. We just kind of laughed. And I said, what's up, man? Because you know how it is. Payrolls, you know, cost of labor is really high. It's hard to find the right people. You know, food costs are really high. So taking care of business. I had gone to L&L because we bought some Spam Masubis for one of our events. Who was working the cashier? His wife. Of course, she was in her Gucci and Louis Vuitton. But she's freaking working the cash register. You see, it's not like, oh, this is below me. I can't do this. No, it's, I think great leadership, you get it done. So that level of accountability that the buck stops with me isn't a victim mindset. It's lonely at the top. Nobody understands me. You know, this, no, no. It's ownership with a deep sense of humility. Thank you, Destiny, for that. That deep sense of humility, right? That I am grateful to be the owner of my own business. I am grateful that we survived that pandemic. I'm grateful that today we are still standing and we will be here. I've been through recessions with my business. We will be here after this thing is over because failure has never been an option. It's just, what is that going to take? What is that going to take? I will do everything to make sure these businesses don't die. Everything, everything. Yeah, but you got to know when to cut your loss. That I understand. We're not even discussing that. What we're discussing is what is your what is your accountability to your team, to your community? What is your level of accountability to execute and make things happen that earn trust, right? That exude from you with a level of gratitude and empathy and accountability. That's leadership training 101. And that's what I shared with Meta, right? It's not some system or process. It's really about doubling down on the relationships you currently have invested in and ride out this storm together. You are the anchor for their ship in this storm. You are. Cool? All right. So questions. We got a few more minutes before we wrap up the show. I'm going to take a deep breath here. I know this has been a deep one. And it's not simply, you know, schedule staff training and tell them you got to be a better leader. No, it's not. Because it begins and ends with you. You lead by example. It starts with you. You got to go within because you got to pull something out. Got to pull something deep, man. We got this recession out. You got to pull it out. And then from there, 
you work it into the culture and it becomes a process. Like I said, something as simple as, well, instead of saying, I am grateful or we are grateful. How are you doing, Brandon? We are grateful. No, I say, I appreciate you. And I say it all the time in my meetings, to my team, to my students, to my parents. I appreciate you. Anytime you exemplify the highest level of our culture and our values, I appreciate you. Anytime you boldly go out there and take ownership of your business, I appreciate you. And so see, it started as that and it's blossomed into almost a movement, a mindset. So once you get that going on inside, you write down that, then you cultivate it into some type of process, some type of system. But consistency Right. One of the things I talked about at the top of the broadcast consistency, you can't do it for a day or a week and go, it doesn't work. It's the farmer mentality. Like I talked about, I think how many years does it take before you have a mature walnut tree that can produce walnuts? Right. You've invested so much money before you ever see a return if you're a farmer. But once you do, that crop is, is, is bountiful and you produce walnuts year after year after year. So that's what's powerful about that. And to have that type of vision right now. To know that if we need to contract, we will contract because when it happens, we will be there to expand. And I believe as we go through this recession, the next wave of schools that weren't running themselves right, that did not have great leadership, they will fall. They will fall. They will fall. They will fall. John Broussard, who is brilliant, went from 14 schools to eight in this pandemic. That was brilliant execution of business, much like Starbucks, right? Closed 400 stores. But Someone asked him, are you going to open more? And he goes, nope, I'm happy with eight. Because in the book, How the Mighty Fall by Jim Collins, bad leadership is the undisciplined pursuit of more. Write that down. The undisciplined pursuit of more. Somebody said it's time to open more locations, right? Yeah, I could open more. I have additional revenue streams now, so it's not so much an issue, right? I would open up more schools if my team needed it. If they wanted, you know, we expanded the team and people want to make this their living and they earn that trust from me and I earn that trust collectively, I would open another school for any of my team. Absolutely. I know how to do that all day, every day, all day, every day. So let's thank our sponsors, Marco. Who do we have? Market Muscles, My Studio, Kids Love Life Skills, LC Accounting, all these people I love. All these people I trust, all these people I believe are people of integrity and do the right thing by you. All pieces that you need. You need a great website, you need a great CRM system, you need a great life skills component, and you need a great bookkeeper. That exemplifies me in a nutshell. Look how broad these sponsors are. Very broad. These are all moving parts of my business. I would not do myself that I outsource. Cool? Cool, cool, cool. What do we got coming up as I shared? And I'm going to post it. It's going to go live. The next 72 hours, you book yourself for the four-day experience of It's Time Live Balance. Every team member you want to bring is $99. Do you have a special code for that? $99. Did I say that? $99 for the two-day. Because you know if your team is here and they're immersed in those two days, it's going to change their life. And you spend four days with me, it will change yours as well. 72 hours, okay? I'll post it where and when it's going to end. 72 hours, you get booked for It's Time Live Balance for the four-day experience with me, Brandon Belisa. We have Zach Connolly coming back for that too. With me, 
every team member you want to bring will be $99. Now, in retrospect, you know, good leadership, Nelson Mandela. Good leadership, Martin Luther King. Good leadership, Mother Teresa. Good leadership, Gandhi. Bad leadership, plentiful. Gaddafi, Saddam Hussein. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Know the difference. And it begins with you and ends with you. Why are you here? What is your purpose? What are your core values? What are your brand absolutes that you will not deter from? And don't disguise that with narrow-minded thinking, though. You know what I mean? Don't say, no, these are my values. No, they're not. It's your deep-rooted insecurity that someone's going to pull back your covers and realize you ain't the shit, right? Are these real core values? Are these your ego playing itself out? And again, in our industry, I witness that every freaking day. Don't call me master. I think, I think, I really believe people should drop that. Any school, you're not a master. Talk about ego. No, I've mastered my craft, so I've never earned this title of master. No, I think the humility, the yin to the yan, if I'm forever wiped out, I want to learn and grow. I'll always have a humble heart. I will never, never, never. Please don't call me master. I don't like it. I don't like it. I personally don't. I'm okay when, you know, the Koreans want to call me that at events. Sure, that's your gig. I'm cool. But for me personally, it would never exist in my culture. We're actually getting to the point where, you know, we're going to get rid of Sifu and Professor and all those titles in Kenpo and simply call us what we are, teacher. We're a teacher. So study leadership. Understand what is your leadership style. Understand your strengths, your weaknesses, and build upon that. But make no mistake, it is only through effective leadership that you can see the way through a pandemic, see the way through a recession, see the way through a mortgage crisis, see the way through 9-11, see the way through the dot-com bust. And everything I shared with you today in today's broadcast will help you achieve that. Cool? All right, get signed up for It's Time Live Balance. Thank you to Marco for running the graphics and holding down the fort. Thank you to you for being here today. How do you find Brandon Beliso? Well, subscribe to this podcast, Success Never Sleeps, my Mindful Meditations podcast. Subscribe to that. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Lots of great learning there. Follow me at Instagram. Join our Disruptor group. Please join the Disruptor group. Amazing group of critical, collective, out-of-the-box thinkers that are learning to do things there with a sense of trust and authenticity. Mm. For everything else, please go to brandonbeliso.com. Share this and every broadcast with as many people as you can inside and outside our industry. We are a movement. We are a movement. And this movement is something I'm grateful you choose to be a part of. Get out there and share it. I'm Brandon Beliso. This is Success Never Sleeps. Until we talk again, what are you going to go out there and do? Live your best life. <music>